everyone loves me. They might not, not, might not love my 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 decisions in my personal life, but too bad. Travel back in time to the eighties, reliving the shenanigans. It was the early eighties, and sex was still a good way to meet new people. The disappointment. Now that's a real shame when folks be throwing away a perfectly good white boy like that. And the self-confidence. I'm six foot, three inches tall, and maintain a very consistent panda bear shape. Because just like you, we're stuck in the 80s. Sure, it's not 1985 right now, but who knows what tomorrow will bring. Drugs? Thank you, no, I'm straight. I meant, are you in here for drugs? Why are you here? Drugs. Vaughn into the windup in his first offering. Just a bit outside. It was a perfect strike, and you know it. much of this shit too. Gotta control that, bring a man down. You ever get caught in a mistake that you just can't get out of? That's the way the whole thing works. People like Elias get wasted. People like Barnes just go on making up the rules any way they want. So what do we do? Sit in the middle and suck on it. There's no nobility in poverty anymore, Dad. One day you're gonna be proud of me. You'll see. It's yourself you gotta be proud of, Huckleberry. Hey, hey, welcome to Stuck in the 80s. It's your host, Steve Spears, with TampaBay.com. And today, yes, we're honoring the 80s legacy of Charlie Sheen. It's ready to take off. I'd jump all over it if I were you. With me as always, he's the Ricky Wild Thing Vaughn to my Jake Taylor, Times Pop music critic Sean Daly. Yes, I'm excited about this one because as Charlie Sheen has been in the news, uh, uh, being ridiculed, uh, I have defended him, Steve. I defend him too. I know. You have a great theory about Charlie Sheen. We should say up, cl- uh, up front that we're not rehashing uh, 2011 Charlie Sheen. We're not doing the winning thing. We're not doing the tiger blood. We are celebrating Charlie Sheen when he was at, was at his strongest and perhaps most lucid. <laughs> Easily. Well, perhaps. But you you and I both have different theories. One, I kind of I, I, I defend the chaos theory. I like the chaos theory. I think that the world needs rock stars. You know, I'm sorry that he's got kids involved and yeah, he's, he's done a lot of suspect things. But I defend... His right to live with porn stars and live his life the way he wants to, okay? Yeah. And you have a great theory about Mr. Charlie Sheen. Right. Here's my theory. This whole thing is one big act. Brilliant. He is, you said that, I'm like, you are absolutely right. He's passing every drug test they throw at him. He's acting so strange. He's just sitting back there writing, writing crib notes on napkins about what kind of screwed up stuff he's going to say tomorrow. And he's just, he's just having the time of his life acting out being the bad boy and seeing what the media will print and he's what people a, will say about he's him. He's a great actor. He's a great comedic actor. Yeah. And I think a lot of this is totally him being this rock star from Mars, as he says. Now, don't get me wrong. He's done steamer trunks of blow <laughs> recently. <laughs> he might be clean for the last few days, but he admitted that he was doing some serious uh, 
uh, narcotics with his young lasses, his goddesses, as he says. But we started to say, you know what? Sure, maybe the world is tired of talking about um, 21st century Charlie Sheen. But we want to go back to 20th century Charlie Sheen, uh, particularly the 80s, and celebrate a really amazing decade of movie making by uh, Martin Sheen's son. Right, right. He comes straight out of the box with some great performances, ends the decade with even better performances. In the 90s, he would have, you know, the hot shots stuff. They were funny. I like the airplane humor. But, uh, you know, after that... You know, to me, he'll always be an 80s guy. And so what we've tried to do is we've gone back and we looked through all of his 80s movies, of which he made so many. I don't think people understand he made that many movies, but he did. And we have ranked our top five Charlie Sheen movies of the 80s. Now, and also, we, we didn't just put this top five together willy-nilly. You and I actually battled about a lot of things. And we left off a couple Charlie Sheen movies from the 80s. Yeah. He did about what? Like, it looks like 12, 13 yeah, movies yeah. in the 80s. Uh, we lo- left a few off that people are going to be very upset about. Right. But these are rankings. These are five through one. We battled about it. We, you and I really fought over two and one. We had to be separated at one point. Yeah. You know, but finally we came to a uh, uh, kind of a mutual, yeah. maybe Here, amicable. But here's what to remember. I mean, these, these, these we consider to be good movies, but we also consider them to be memorable because of what Charlie Sheen did in them. And while some of the movies we left off the list were great movies... In fact, one of them is better than almost any movie on this list. It is not memorable for Charlie Sheen's performance in it. So, oh, yeah, I see what you're looking at. So you ready to get started? I am ready. And you know what? You are, uh, you know, your role on the show is to tell people, hey, don't get too upset. But I say, get pissed off, people. You can scream at me. You know what? I'll take the, I'll take the heat when you see one of these sh- your favorite movies on the list. I'll so, take it. So what you're saying is... You're the Charlie Sheen of Stuck in the 80s. Maybe. Uh, you are, yes, and you are the Emilio Estevez of yeah, Stuck in the 80s. Enjoy maybe, that. You might even Enjoy be that. the Charlie Sheen of the St. Pete Times. Think about it. These days, yeah. We'll, we'll get into that a little later. But let's begin, shall we? Number five. 1984's Red Dawn. What's the difference, Jen? Huh? I'll do it. Shut up, Robert. Tell me, what's the difference between us and them? Because we live here. From the bits and pieces I've seen, a fine film. That just shocks me to this day. Can I say something really, really, really embarrassing? Yeah. Uh, I think that's a given. I didn't even know Charlie Sheen was in this. Really? (laughs) It's a a great ensemble piece. Last week. It's a great ensemble piece. Uh, Charlie Sheen plays, uh, it's his first movie, first feature film. Yes. He plays Matt Eckert, brother to the much older Patrick Swayze. This would make a, a huge star out of Swayze. It would be the first glimpse that we would get into Sheen. Does Sheen is he the one who pees in the radiator in the famous pee scene? I don't remember. God, yeah. that's who the, pees that's, in the radiator. Of all the things you remember about Red yeah, Dawn, you no, remember actually the peeing that, in the that, radiator. that amazing shot where the kids are in the classroom and the 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 the, the parachutes start. Oh, the thing that out. happens thirty seconds into the movie. It's a beautiful and the shot. radiator it's peeing a scene. Shot. The whole like every time you know some fan is like Steve Wolverines, it, it really turns me off. Yeah, it makes me incredibly flaccid. <laughs> Here we go. No, wait, come on. What are you? But no, Red Dawn. A lot of people are going to be like, "Why isn't this higher?" So, as Matt Eckert, he plays a great central role in this. Yeah, uh, he this plays. Film. It's just a bit of an ensemble. He's got some great lines. One of which you just heard. He, uh, it's 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 a pivotal movie in the eighties. It captures the Red Scare, which we did a whole podcast on that I adore. Um, I don't remember film taping that. 
podcast. Oh, is that with uh, Jeff and Cuba? Jeff and Cuba, now Jeff in Germany. He grew his hair back. I saw a picture of it's him. Freaky. It's freaky. Shave it off, it's Jeff. Good. No kidding. Let's go Jeez. with that smooth paint, baby. Yeah, I know. Chrome dome, man. It was, I was like, what? The? I say we shave ours off until he shaves his off. The, you got to have a hell of a skull for it to go You have ball. a hell of a skull. No, I don't. Mine's lumpy and You would look shaving. like Charlie Brown, I think. <laughs> Like you could just leave I keep one, the one little squiggle. Right, you'd wear like an oversized baseball cap. I could see it. Someday you'll let me kick the football, Steve. So um, for does, e- how's uh, uh, Charlie Sheen doing? Red Dawn? Does he make it at the very end? Does he live? No, there? presumably, presumably, but not. We don't know for sure. He presumably dies. Why? To explain that. to We me. see him and uh, Swayze walk off, kind of limp off the screen together, and in the in the final uh, narration of the movie, they the the narrator says, "I never saw them again." Really? So we were presumably Who narrates. Oh, is it Leah Thompson? Mm. The beautiful female, Leah Thompson, female yeah. narrator. But uh, it, no, it's a good movie. It sickens me that they're remaking it. The remake has been like on, you know, rickety ice for I don't know how long now. We may never see it light of day. For each one of these movies, by the way, I do have a uh, trivia question. For yes. You. Now I this one's going to be. I shall go five out of five. I, there's no way you're going to go five out of five. Even and we I, should say that you yelled at me, don't look up the answers answer. this morning, because we sit next to each other again, and every day you have to greet me with some sort of hostility. Don't look up the answers. I'm not kidding. It's funny, because you don't even say hi to me anymore when you come in. You, like, slink in, because you know the hostility's coming. I know. I don't want, That's because I'm a nice man, and I like to be, I like to be petted and adored. And you just <laughs> tear me down, only to build me back up again, only to tear me down again. Why? I forget. Are you torn down now, or are you built this, up? Kind of built up. Um, Are you ready? Why? Why? Why don't you just let me be me? <laughs> I don't because you don't know. You think I have some? You don't know who you are anymore. <laughs> yeah, I do, baby. Yeah, <laughs> that's do. that's why I tear you down. You know, in hopes that maybe when you rebuild yourself, it's the old Sean Daly, the one that everybody liked. Not- oh, shut up! You know what? You're an asshole. I'm the same guy I've always been. I'm the same guy I've always been. It's like you, like you're trying to recreate. I, I'm still me. Everyone loves me. They might not, not, might not love my 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 decisions in my personal life, but too bad. <sighs> you know what? I won't I name names, but a higher up at the St. Pete Times just invited me and my lady friend to dinner. Oh, why am I thus not surprised? Ex- thus, what? Thus accepting it. Oh yeah. You know what? You're an ass. <laughs> <laughs> Give me the stupid trivia question. Here we go. Ready? Yes. Here's the Red Dawn trivia question. The original movie tagline said, and I quote. In our time, no foreign army has ever occupied American soil. End quote. Is that, Sean Daly, historically accurate? It is not. Why? The British, the Revolutionary War. Uh-huh. The British occupied our soil. Technically, it's a tricky question. Technically, it's accurate. Oh, really? British troops did occupy uh, American soil during the War of 1812, outside New Orleans and then large parts of Washington, D.C., including the White House. The Japanese forces occupied several islands off the coast of Alaska during World War II. However, the statement, in our time, meaning within a viewer's lifetime, is technically correct. No viewer, no listener of Stuck in the 80s or, or anyone who saw Red Dawn was alive during the War of 1812, presumably. And Alaska... Not was, even Brad Williams? No, no, no. And Alaska was still a territory and not a state when Japan invaded in our time is very vague. Why'd they put that it in there? That seems like a very ambiguous catch-all, Steve. 
an ambiguous catch-all. Just a way for me to get the question wrong. No, here's the thing. Let's go back to that statement you made about me because, Steve, listen. Oh, here You're we my go. friend. No, no, no. I'm going to defend you. But you admit that you're a little misunderstood at the St. Pete Times. People don't really know where you stand. You kind of like – you lurk in the shadows a bit. I'm the golem of the <laughs> – of the same few times. I, you are the golem. So the podcast is my precious. So people don't understand you, and you've kind of gone through some personal... You've been here, what, 15 years? You've gone through some personal things here at the paper that maybe made, made you not, not a very popular man, right? Just say yes, because it's true. So you've got... You know what? F you! Say something! Say it! Why are you so defensive? I'm not defensive. I'm just saying that you have gone through uh, some, a, a public relation nightmare or two here at the paper, and now maybe I am too, and, and you're taking great relish in it. But you know what? That's fine. I can handle it. I can put that on my shoulders, because I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm nice and I'm charming. I, I treat people with respect, and I do my work. Who cares? But you love it because you admit you like it a little bit because you went through a certain hell, too. And so now you're seeing Sean Daly, who you thought that I was untarnishable, maybe took some tarnish, right? What were you saying again? I hate you. I hate you. Really. It's vitriol and it's real. Go on with this stupid countdown. Number four. You ought to spend a little more time dealing with yourself, a little less time worrying about what your brother does. That's just an opinion. Mm. What are you, a psychiatrist? No. Why don't you keep your opinions to yourself? Somebody you should talk to. If you say Ferris Bueller, you lose a testicle. Oh, you know him. 1986 is Ferris Bueller's day off. You know, I got to say, um, and, and I wish that we had been sooner out of the gate with this, because when I saw Charlie Sheen do his um, current interviews with, like, Good Morning America or Today Show, and his eyes were so sunken and hollowed out, yeah. the very first thing I thought about is what he looks like at the end of Ferris Bueller. Hold still for a second. Shut up. No, I'm, what? Turn to the side so I can see your eyes a little bit better. <laughs> Uh, I, I am, Actually, I'm a handsome man. No, I got you look sun. pretty good today. Yeah, thank you. I don't do any sort You know what? You can't do that to me. No, you look great. I'm clean. I take it back. I take I take back any uh, inference oh, I you, made to your... You are a To what you may have been I'm doing I'm trying to do a, a, provide a good show here. No, no. You are. It's an excellent show. Um, so, did you know... I bet you didn't know this, but Emilio Estevez, Charlie Sheen's brother, was supposed to play the role of Cameron. Yeah, he turned it down. Yeah. Instead, what we get is thirty-year-old uh, Alan Ruck. Yeah, Alan Ruck is a genius. He is. That. He's great in everything. Alan Ruck is awesome. I'm sorry that his, he was in that Michael J. Fox Spin City sitcom. Yeah, but he's a great, great actor. I'd like to see him. So yeah, uh, so he and Sheen did work together there too. The um, Sheen's credited as boy in police station, and because of that weird credit he gets for this, mm-hmm. he um, a lot of people think this was his first movie, but it's not. It was Red Dawn, and in fact, it was. Um, it's one of his castmates in uh, Red Dawn, Jennifer Grey, who essentially recommended uh, Charlie Sheen for the role. But it's more than. But actually, that's a great. That's a huge cameo. It's a and great it's cameo. Only made the the movie better. But he he looks so bad in that cameo. But well, now he looks like he does. You know that. why? Because it, it's 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 widely known, or I think it is anyway, that Sheen stayed up for forty eight straight hours before the scene was shot. Did he really? So that he would look that way. I wonder what he used to stay up that much. Probably just no dose. Probably just a lot of Coca-Cola. I have Pepsi. Okay, yeah. Are you ready for the trivia question? Yes. John Hughes wrote the script for Ferris Bueller in only six days. Wow. And yet, that's not the fastest he ever wrote a script. Which of his other famous 80s flicks was written faster? Weird science. Wrong. Damn it. Really? 
Breakfast Club. Ah, Re- bah. Just two days he took him to write Breakfast Club. J- July 4th and 5th, 1982. Jeez, how long did it take him to write Weird Science? I've heard. <laughs> that movie sucks. Oh, man. I don't Breakfast oh, Club. No, wow. Too- no, Weird, weird Science sucks. No, Weird no, Science, science is- sucks. It really? Sucks. It's crass. You know what it sucks? sucks Our Weird life. Science podcast. <laughs> Was I on that one? Yeah. Yeah, sorry That's about that. We'll sorry, everybody. Forget. Number three. 1989, Major League. I got news for you, Mr. Brown. You haven't heard the last of me. You may think I'm shit now, but someday you're going to be sorry that you cut me. I'm going to catch you on somewhere else, and every time that I pitch against you, I'm going to stick it up, you ass. Good. I like that kind of spirit in a player. The only problem is I didn't cut you. What? I think someone's been having some fun with you. You know, I have a list of movies that are just fun. Movies are just really, really entertaining, and they're always fresh to see. And when they come on, I'll always turn them on, you know, or I'll keep, yeah. keep them on. Uh, Midnight Run. Yeah, easily. I love Midnight Run. I love The great- Accused. <laughs> I'm sorry. Probably not that one. <laughs> uh, for you, maybe, <laughs> sick bastard. You and your gun oil, your lube. Um, but uh, this is another one. Major League is just a really, really fun movie. I like the look of it. I like the pace. A lot of fun. Yeah, and you know, a lot of people, this is the, the battle we always have about the 80s when it comes to sports movies. What was the best sports movie of the 80s? What was the best baseball sports movie of the 80s? And a lot of people, they always gravitate towards Bull Durham or uh, The Natural, and some people would like qualify Field of Dreams. I love Major League, and if, if all the baseball movies of the 80s, it's the one I can watch over and over again. Yeah, I like how Sheen and Tom Berenger were um, teamed together. when They were in pl- Platoon, of course, yeah, together. A couple now years they're, previously. they're back in this. Very, very obviously different roles for both of them, but both proved to be pretty good comedic actors. And the thing I like about Sheen is that he looks convincing as a pitcher. You know why? Because in high school, he actually was a pitcher. Really? He actually, um, yep, he was actually offered a scholarship to the University of Kansas. Uh, in the movie, he throws, what, I think a 101-mile Power fastball. In high school, he could throw in the high eighties. Really? Yeah. I got a rag arm. You ever done one of those like pitching machines? At, like, oh yeah. The Ferris they, festival? Putting forty. Really? Yeah. I would think you could like you could chuck it. No. I bet you could th- out throw me. Like I'm really like. You and know then I'll tell people like yeah, I was throwing a knuckleball. No, you know? but you know why? Because you, you sit there and you, you go up to those stupid machines and you try to throw and you throw your arm out like a pitcher yeah. instead of just throwing the ball. If you just walked up there and threw the ball like you were trying to you know knock a cat off the couch. Yeah. Which I've never well, my done. problem is I, I pitched like Kent to Colby too. In this yeah, summer, yeah. So no, so three people out of three hundred forty thousand just got my ten yeah. Kent to Colby joke, Great. but they loved it. <laughs> you know, you were a Kent to Colby, right? Yeah, no. All right, so um, eighty nine. Um, of course, and you know what? Also about this movie, I think it made a lot of people fans of the Cleveland uh, Indians. Yeah. Strangely enough, yeah, as if they didn't have enough problems already. <laughs> and then the two sequels are just awful. Really? Because wait, the, Wesley Snipes was Willie Mays Hayes in the first one, but then they got another actor. Yeah, he doesn't come back for the next yeah, one. And then, nice. um, and then the third one doesn't even have any of them in there. It has um, Criminy. I don't think it's got anybody. It's got Dorn. Did you say Criminy? Criminy. What you like Montgomery Burns? <laughs> it's got nobody in it. It's got uh, Scott Bakula as the lead <laughs> in the third one. Back to the Miners. Oh, Landy. <laughs> Are you ready for the trivia question? Yes. Here is the Major League trivia question. Home scenes for Major League were not filmed at Cleveland's Municipal Stadium at all Mm-mm. because producers were unable to work around the schedules of the Cleveland Indians and the Cleveland Browns. Where were those scenes filmed? I'm going to say um, Atlanta, Atlanta Braves. That's a good guess, but it'd be wrong. Shoot. Uh, Milwaukee County Stadium. Ah! 
there are also, there are actually a few clues if you look carefully. Um, uh, shots of the scoreboard in the movie show a uh, logo for a uh, NBC affiliate for the Milwaukee uh, oh, Brewers. Right. Cool. And the opening game, there's an outfield wall displaying um, the Milwaukee Brewers ball and mitt logo, um, stuff like that. Little tiny things. I'm sure Cleveland fans could tell right off the bat that was not their stadium. Number two. He's using your kid. He's got your in his back pocket, but you're too blind to see it. No. What I see is a jealous old machinist who can't stand the fact that his son's become more successful than he has. What you see is a guy who never measured a man's success by the size of his wallet. That's because you never had the guts to go out of the world and stake your own claim. 1987's Wall Street. Now, already, this is where the controversy starts. Yeah. Because a lot of people are like, whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on, Spearsy and Daly. Wall Street isn't your number one. Yeah, in fact, I, I originally ranked it my number one. And people are like, well, wait a minute. I can think of a few good movies left. Yeah, we'll get to those How in a minute. How dare you? Yeah. But you love the movie Wall Street. I'm like, eh. You don't like uh, Wall Street? Eh, meh. Really? Eh. Why? I'm going to get this trivia question right, by the way. Sorry, I didn't mean to jump the gun. Um, I don't know. It's just I'm not into the whole money thing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what that means. No, it's all right. It's cool. It's it's cool, I guess. But you love it. You're more yeah. you like Oliver all that, Stone. Uh, this is a, he was at the top of his game. This might have been the last great movie he made. In fact, I, I guarantee you it was the last great movie he made. Because after this came Born on the Fourth of July. You didn't that, like the Ern- Ernest Goes to Camp? Oh, no, wait, that was before this. No, Ernest right. Goes to Wall Street. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, uh, Sheen plays Bud Fox, the great Bud Fox. Um, Tom Cruise originally wanted the part. But I can Oliver, see that. Yeah, Oliver, and he would have been great, I think, in that. Yeah. Easily great. But Oliver Stone had already agreed to cast uh, Sheen. But Stone promised him a role in a future picture called Born on the Fourth of July. Ooh. I wonder if that – could you have cast Charlie Sheen in Born on the Fourth of July? I don't think he could have. A, oh, because yeah. he'd, he'd already played in Platoon. You're really going to see him as – But too- wouldn't it be a continuation of the military movies? Yeah, I don't think that would be a good idea. Really? But- all the like – you know what? Wall Street reminds me of like Quicksilver. All the, the, the financial machinations, if you will, like, look out, we got to, you know, ch- change the stock. Oh, it's so much smarter. It's Quicksilver why, is unwatchable. That's why I like check out the end of Trading Places, too, with all the stock. <laughs> I'm like, I, I, it doesn't do much for me. Really. That's why I'm going to be poor my whole life. Yes, it is. I'm a creative type. <laughs> I'm like Jackson Pollock. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the Jackson Pollock of the St. Pete Times. You just look um, at that one all you want. No, no, Wall Street is a great... I, I love Wall Street. I would have easily uh, picked this as my number one movie. I think it's much more watchable than the one that's on our, on our number one spot. Um, what? W- yes. Oh, this is where we fought. That's right. Okay, yeah. sorry. Now, Oliver Stone uh, gave Charlie Sheen the choice of who to cast as his dad, whether it be uh, Martin Sheen, his actual dad, or Jack Lemmon. And uh, Sheen actually picked his dad, obviously. See, that's interesting. Already... Already, I mean, that is like he picked him obviously for. Um, I think it's a good pick. I think Jack Lemmon would have been real interesting in the role, or I think Jack Lemmon could have played the part that Hal Holbrook plays. Yeah, but it makes sense. The wise it's, old it's really mentor. his dad. They look yeah. like each other. Like right. it's believable. Well, but contempt. also, Sheen was a party kid already, and his dad probably like looked down at that, and so Sheen probably knew that his yeah. dad was this very moral man. His dad winds up to go play a president. You know, a believable president of the United States. Right. I think that was great. I think she, she, she's a smart dude. He's a smart guy with just like a, a, a wild id. Yeah. Well, I think what, I think Free Charlie Sheen. And I think, depending on who you believe and what you read, you'll hear that this is kind of where Charlie Sheen starts to go. Yeah. 
you know, a little wayward, you know, taking his character a little too seriously. Yeah. And the next thing you know, he's uh, circulating tiger blood. Are you ready for the trivia question? Yes. I will finally get one correct. Good. Here's your Wall Street trivia question stuck in the 80s nation. This is perhaps the only movie to win both an Oscar for best acting and a Razzie for worst acting. Michael Douglas obviously won the Oscar playing Gordon Gecko. Yeah. Uh, who won the Razzie? Done and done. Ready? Daryl Hannah. Yep. Yeah. Wow. Finally. I'm shocked. I'm shocked. I didn't know four. this. Uh, Charlie, uh, Oliver Stone later would admit that uh, everyone involved with the movie told him that Daryl Hannah was a mistake, miscast, and begged him to replace her, but he would not do it. He was too proud. Um, it also caused a lot of tension because Sean Young, who was cast as Gordon Gecko's wife, wanted the role that Daryl Hannah had. Oh, really? Yeah, and she's house crazy. Yeah, I don't know if that would have worked so well. Daryl Hannah didn't work. Daryl Hannah looked like she didn't want to. She didn't belong there. But you know what? I don't think it was. I don't think she was so miscast. I mean, she's supposed to kind of be this. You know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Trophy girlfriend. You know, uh, materialistic. I'm not trying to say anything. Why, why are you getting <laughs> I know, sensitive? I, know. I was just laughing. Uh huh. No, because I'm. Um, you know. Yeah, totally self centered. I think everything has to do with me. I know. And of course, I know. I'm right. Are you ready for the number one movie on the Here list? Here we go. Number one. He killed him. I know that he killed him. I saw his eyes when he came back in. You got no proof, man. Proof's in the eyes, man. When you know, you know. You were there, Ron. I know what you were thinking. I say we fragged that f***er tonight. I go with that. Knife or not. I say let military justice do the job on him. Come on, f*** the military justice. Are you joking me? Whose story do you think they're going to believe? O'Neill's? Bunnies? Wolf's? Bullshit! 1986's Platoon. How is it not Young Guns? <laughs> That's under Emilio Estevez's top Wraith. five list. Or Lucas. Lucas. Or Wisdom. I have you seen know, Lucas you... lately? Lucas is great. It's beautiful. What? What? Jeez, have you no heart? Evidently not. He's like a barbarian. <laughs> Emotions oh. of stone. I love Platoon. So when I saw Platoon, I was there was so much hype about it. You know, and all the and I, I, you know, I've always been a fan of of criticism and movie reviews and such. And so I read all this stuff about uh, Platoon before I saw it, and it freaked me out. Like the realism, the sense of like the impending sense of doom and death. I I, I entered Platoon as if it were almost like a horror movie. I saw it with a sold out crowd in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and uh, people were like stunned at the end. Like it, it really represented a movie like. Um, you know, I mean, people were like really amped up for it, and they yeah. they left really disturbed. And when you see it now in retrospect, it's more of a Hollywood movie than. Um, and there's a lot of Hollywood um, touches in the movie, obviously. I guess that said, though, it's still like you're still jarred by it. No, you know, it's it's weird. I I remember seeing it in the movie theaters in Gainesville, Florida. Um, I was in a fraternity at the time, and my fraternity made a habit of every year they go on this big camping trip in the woods. And those who aren't familiar with Florida, um, it's hot here like 10 and a half months out of the year, pretty much. Un, you know, camp-like weather, not even close. So here it was. I forget what time of year it was, but it was literally like 90 degrees outside. And so they're all going camping. There's no way. You've, you've seen me, how I melt if the temperatures rise, rise above like 75, right? Yeah. So here, you can you imagine me at a campground when it's 90 degrees? No. So, so me and a couple of the fraternity brothers, we ditch out of it. Huh. And we decide we're going to have some fun. 
some laughs. And so we go see Platoon. <laughs> oh, man. And I think, I'm, if I'm not wrong, this might have been the first movie about Vietnam I'd ever seen. Because I don't think I would have seen Apocalypse Now at this point in my life. And what, I mean, what else would there have been at this point? But Full, Full Metal a, Jacket you'd came after this. You'd a crapload of World War II movies. But, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but Vietnam movies, there weren't really that many. And, yeah. and they certainly weren't realistic. So, I mean, I came out of there feeling like, so, like I just witnessed my dog being beaten to death or something. It yeah. was a horrible feeling. Horrible. And to this day, I think when I see it, I get those, those feelings back of just how depressed we were afterwards. I wish I'd been on the damn camping trip. <laughs> I wish I had been. I can't believe you were in a fraternity. Yeah. It wasn't really my bag. It seemed like the thing to do. I'm not, you know, I'm Florida not... had 35,000 students, and it just seemed like wow. a nice way of cutting down and like getting to know a smaller that's group. Right. So that's the only reason I did it. What was your fraternity? Uh, Phi Kappa Psi. Do you guys have a fun... Is that kind of an obscure fraternity? Really big up north. What do you call it? Like Phi Cat? Phi Psi. Oh, you were Phi Psi? They're really big up north. Uh, the movie Breaking Away, they, uh, the, the bike race at the end, yeah. the little 500, that is staged by Phi Psi at, at IU every year. Oh, really? That's their event. So that's our big claim to fame. That and Mark not... Spitz. <laughs> you got really excited about Mark Spitz. Yeah. Uh, I'm not really a, a joiner. I'm like a loner, like Lone Wolf McQuaid. <laughs> no, you're not. Um, I didn't join a fraternity. I wasn't, in, but I got to go to all the parties and stuff. Woo! Yeah, right. fun. Um, Johnny Depp was also uh, up for the role of Chris Taylor that really? uh, Charlie Sheen would take in this movie. Um, he didn't do it. He was considered too young at the time. I think he was twenty-two years old. He just looked young. He still looks young. Um, so that didn't do it. The um, the movie was filmed sequentially, so as soon as the characters were killed off this in the movies... This kills me, this detail. The actors returned home after they were killed off. Now, Charlie Sheen obviously survives to the very end, and the emotion that you see on his face you know, when he's flying away in the helicopter, that is really him just so relieved that the shoot was over and he was going home. The shoot in the Philippines, which is probably grueling. Yeah, yeah. Um, Testosterone-fueled, much like this show. Yeah, and supposedly when he got back to the U.S., he kissed the ground. He was so happy to be back. So, did he have some falling out with uh, Oliver Stone? There was some. Uh, went down, right? You know, I I don't know. I I think part of it had to do with maybe his behavior that he sort of had. I think a lot of it had to do with just the whole, you know, maybe experimenting with drugs, you know, and 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 getting involved in that after Wall Street and taking himself a little too seriously as a movie star. And that's that's what you hear. I don't know what's true. Those two aren't going to talk about it ever. Um, Charlie Sheen almost died on this shoot. It should be noted. He almost fell out of a uh, open door of a helicopter. Uh, Keith David actually grabbed him by a scruff. I like Keith David. And pulled him back in. Yeah. Are you ready for the trivia question? Yes. Here we go. This one's impossible. You won't get it. I know I won't. Okay, 80s Nation, ready? Several of the actors wrote messages on their helmets worn throughout the movie. Johnny Depp simply reads Sherilyn. A tribute to the great uh, and beautiful Sherilyn Fenn. God, I love that Sherilyn Fenn. She was um, like a real crush. Depp was her. dating her at the time, believe it or not. She's got the greatest life Mark ever. Moses, a.k.a. Lieutenant Wolf, had on his uh, helmet a drawing of Mad Magazine Alf- uh, mascot Alfred E. Newman with the phrase, What Me Worry. What did Charlie Sheen have written on his? Ironically, he had the word ducky written on his helmet and a reference to John Cryer's role. In Pretty in Pink, and he would later star with John Cryer in Two and a Half Men. That's you know what you said it so convincingly. I had to like double check. <laughs> what did he have written on his helmet? When I die, bear me upside down so the world can kiss my ass. It's a lot of a uh, lot of penmanship going on. Yeah, on kind helmet. of uh, kind of in a way how he's behaving today. Yeah, so. yeah. 
What are some of the movies that we chose not to honor today? Yes, uh, his role as Cappy, the quarterback, and Lucas. Uh, Young Guns, he played Dick Brewer. Yeah, but can you name like one line of his from Young Gun? That's that's my point. Look out! <laughs> I think he's dead. <laughs> um, eight, eight Men, men out. out is, yeah, yeah. Oscar Hap Felch. And you're saying that um, Eight Men Out is the movie that would have been... Uh, I, th- I think it would have been number three in the list. Three? Well, we'd kick out Red Dawn. Yeah, yeah. Let's boot that one of the. Curves. Or because you can't kick out Ferris Bueller, even though he's only on the screen for like thirty seconds. Too iconic. Yeah, yeah. that's an iconic. But moment, but you but know? Red Dawn. Yeah, you could probably lose that. You know. Well, you know what I can't lose though ever. The, the Saggies. Ah, uh, the mystical refrain of reader mailbag. And um, as promised, we asked people to send in their their feedback as to what they thought of our news. Our little news shows, you know. That we've been I love doing. them. '80s news this week. Yeah, Sean loves them. I'm, I'm still not Shut entirely up, Steve. convinced. You know what, Steve? You admit. Tell the people right now. I, I love last week's show. I, thank you. But, but the format itself. The chemistry on last week's show. Yeah, it's great. But we could have been talking be- about enemas. It would have been fine. The whole point being, but I mean, do people like the new f- format? Do they like the idea of what we're doing? And it's been very mixed. All right. With all due respect, I love you. I do. You're a great producer of uh, of shows. You're 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 a fine writer as well. You know. But you know, I get I do you know TV. I I, I write here and I get ripped on constantly by people. So I get a lot of hate mail. No matter what format I'm doing, I get a lot of hate mail. You don't get a lot of negative. You know, you don't get a lot of uh, criticism thrown your way. So sometimes when people re- respond so uh, vitriotic, vitriotically to this show, you kind of back off a bit, you know. And I'm like, well, F them. You want a polarizing, uh, sometimes a polarizing response is the best kind of response. Yeah, but you don't want people falling asleep during the show. Oh, that was the biggest crock of horse I've ever heard. Come on. You're telling me on the 224 shows we've done, I can name about 100 that would make me fall asleep before that one. It was funny. Yeah. And we were talking about all stimulating things. And screw her because you produced the hell out of it. Yeah. Okay. So no one knows what we're talking about. The fall asleep about. thing was dumb. But no, yeah. they know enough to know that someone one of our said fans, One of our great fans who's been with us from the very beginning. <laughs> stop it. Stop it. Be respectful. <laughs> Um, you are such a pud. Said that she fell asleep during the last last week's show. Whatever. That's crap. But anyway, that show is a lot of fun. And I thought, you know, that's that's really a slam to you more than, than me because you really, you produced the hell out of that. It was brilliant. All the little teases were great. It's my fault last week's show sucked. No, I'm saying that it, it, last week's show was one of my favorites we've done probably in the last year. But here's our letter. Uh, no, I shut up, Steve. Oh, I called you. Oh, I called you, Steve. It's like I'm really mad at you. All right, so we have one letter in favor of the show, and one letter uh, that that says uh, the new format sucks, and that's a dark quote. But l- l- first of all, let's read the good news. This is from our really good friend Brad Williams in L.A., who also has sent us very critical emails. Has he not? Yeah, that's true. Brad, when we're off our game, Brad really takes shots at us. In fact, he took what was it? Um, oh, it was an interview show with somebody, Brett Michaels. I don't think he liked that show very much. Well, because Brett didn't say anything that. Um, no, and then we did another show where he's like, guys, it sounds like you're, you've lost a little something. However, Brad came out, as you're about to see, and loves the new format. Okay. Um, guys, first off, the new show is good. I like it. Good balance of content, navel-gazing, and inside jokes for all us old-timers. Parentheses, VGF is a tranny. Whoa. I never said that. <laughs> <laughs> I won't do it. I've also, I like this <laughs> 
I am not. I'm a beautiful girl, usually. <laughs> also, I like that you gave Journey's segment short shrift. Enough already, Neil Schlong. <laughs> take it, Journey fans. Take it, take it. Uh, secondly, yeah, you're getting some negativity from listeners. Not surprising. Sure, I'd like a funny, insightful theme show with the pertinent 80s guest three times a week. I'd also like a Ferrari to 50 GT California. Change is hard, but coming up with podcast topics to slake the endless thirst of 80s nation is probably harder. This way, you can let current events guide you a little bit. Give the listeners a tidbit to tide us over while you line up the, the best fourth wall breaks of 1982 or whatever. Oh, that's funny. Uh, I tell you what, all the complainers you're getting, if this isn't the best 80s podcast they've ever listened to, send them to me and I will refund and double their money without threatening violence uh, like my namesake in Fast Times. Mister, if you don't shut up, I'm going to kick 100% of your ass. Brad in L.A. So there you go. So Brad in L.A. loves the new format, um, as do I. I think if you read into it, though, he's saying that he likes the other format better he just doesn't mind this one. But Steve, it's not like I said this is the, this is your new no, show. No, no, Take no, it's it. not. I've said on right. the last two shows that we're we're going to keep doing shows a, like we're doing today. Right. But why wouldn't people because want today's more show of is us? just so good? Yeah, exactly. The irony. But no, I'm saying like last show was so good. It's a bonus show. Yeah, why no. wouldn't you want that? Yeah. If you don't want to listen to it, don't listen. At the to very it. least, we help someone get through nap time. <sighs> All right. So the other letter is really angry. And this is from Seychelle from Canada. And Seychelle says, Steve, and particularly Sean, since I blame him for all of this. It's like they're par- uh, we got remarried or something. You know, I think the hostility comes from you and I now are in loving relationships, Ooh. and some of our fans don't like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Steve and Sean, uh, the new format sucks. I can and do read the blog when I want 80s news. I was worried you were getting lazy and didn't want to come up with ideas for theme shows anymore. But the show is very well produced. I guess you just wanted a change. If you guys are more comfortable with this, then go ahead and do it, no matter what others tell you. Okay, then Seychelles kind of backing off a bit. The show will be even worse if you're not interested. Okay, like we said, it's not the new format. Obviously, you're getting Charlie Sheen in the 80s today, and I hope you're all really bleeping happy. <laughs> anyway, Seychelles continues. I just need a little water there. All that vitriol makes me dry. Also, I'm really happy that you and Sean have found love, in parentheses, with other people. Steve and I have been in love with each other for a long time, as you all know, since show number 115. Just please don't make this another VGF era. The first show I listened to was the breakup episode, and it was infinitely more entertaining than those with her. Plus, hearing Sharona talk, Sharona being um, my girlfriend, hearing Sharona talk about which Teletubby is her favorite won't be any better than VGF and her pet shop boys. Remember, this is stuck in the 80s, not stuck in the weekly activities in Sean and Steve's pants. Sorry about all the complaining. Still a big fan. Seychelle from Canada. I kind of like that. Stuck in Sean and Steve's pants. I bet you do, big boy. No. It's all right. Look, we haven't given you much. Uh, Tina. No. Her real name. Steve's girlfriend. Sharona. Not her real name. <laughs> 19 is her real age. Uh, but yeah, we like I said, Steve and I are great at this. Can I, can I toot my own horn? Yeah, because that'd be a first. <laughs> all right. You're, being, all right, you're a little Eorte, but that's okay. No, no. Okay. Tell the people where they can Daly. send Hey, people. Send those emails to stuckin the80s at tampabay.com. 
What's happening, hot stuff? Ah, by the sound of the gong, it must be time for a mystery movie moment. Eeyore is dead. Long no, live Tigger. E- bull crap. Eeyore lives. <laughs> oh, man. You didn't pick out this week's uh, clip, but you might as well have because it, it was uh, fortuitous, was it not? It was indeed. Pay attention. Here was last week's mystery clip. I remember when you first came in here telling me how much you admired the bastard. I was wrong. Wrong. You ain't never been right about nothing. Yeah, big surprise, Platoon. Yes, yes. You like to do that. You like to have a little bit of foreshadowing. So bizarre because I, I chose that before I'd even thought about what we we're going to do this theme week. music from Platoon is so it good. By the way, nice job on the opening um, montage. Yeah, it's fun. Great as always. You know what you've done today? And I hope the listeners realize that Steve Spears went the extra mile for you because a lot of you made him feel bad. <laughs> so he produced a new montage for you. You did a ton of research on the show. God, <sighs> you're, you, you, re- you are the, the, the straw that stirs the drink. I don't even know what that And means. I am the little shot of whiskey that, you know, uh, gets everyone drunk. You know what I've given up, by the way, for Lent? Not that I really, you know, yeah. am, am religious whatsoever. No more weeknight drinking. When you say weeknights, is that like Tuesday through <laughs> Wednesday? Because <coughs> let's be honest, Thursday is kind of the weekend. No, I, well, actually, I, I've, I, it's, it's strict. Except for the fact that... So basically what I'm saying is I can drink two nights a week now. So if I choose to drink Tuesday and Wednesday, oh, that's I great. See. But now I can't drink Friday and Saturday, at least till Easter, right? It's Lent, Easter. So is it like some sort of Weight Watchers point system? Like you can move your points anywhere you want, breakfast, yeah. lunch, or dinner. You you get two nights a week to get faced, and you can just, by the yeah. way, how many times you have to bleep me there? You can just move them anywhere, right? Right, right, That's right. Cool. But ideally, you keep them on the weekend so that I'm all chipper, not Eeyore-ish for the podcast. I'm trying to think. It's not I working I don't drink tonight. that much anymore at all. You there should. are legal reasons for that. Yeah, there are legal reasons. Yeah, so this week's winners include Kevy Metal. Bill Tiger Poop Harris, <laughs> Steve F. in Lake Ridge, Virginia, Crockett from our official Stuck in the 80s cover band, Rubik's Cube, Dr. Dim, God, we haven't heard from Dim in a while, Captain Pittsburgh, The Z-Man, and, oh wait, I'm sorry, The Z-Man <laughs> happens to be J.T. Zent. Chip chip every time. It does. God, can't it be J.T. The Z-Man Zent? Yeah, J.T. Why do you do that? You restructure it. No, no, you do. That's how how he sent it. You ready? Uh Pay attention. Here's this week's mystery clip. Uh, We're way past big speech time. I want to thank you for the last few months. It's been very special for me. If you know it, email us at stuckinese at tempabay.com and tune in next week to find out if you're a wiener. Ah, it's time for Name That 80s Tune. Are you ready to listen to last week's clip? Yeah, here I we love go. this song. Yeah, nothing. We totally forgot to record you a know, segment You because we were week. having so much... We were! ...you know, non-drowsy fun last week <laughs> that we forgot to put in a new one. I know. We totally blew right through it. In fact, I produced the whole show, put it online. I think I even listened to it twice before finally... And I still didn't realize that we didn't do it. Who cares? It was so rollicking. And but our winners include... Nobody. So pay attention. Here's this week's mystery clip. Oh, no, if you know it, email us at stuckinnews.tempe.com and tune in next week to find out if you're a wiener. If you're not ready to give up on mullets in Madonna, log on to Stuck in the 80s. Just one of the many blogs you'll find at tampabay.com, the website of the St. Petersburg Times. Relive the music, movies, and culture of the greatest decade ever. Only at tampabay.com. Come on, Charlie. No need. To frown. Deep down you know the world is still your 
And we are back. And uh, as you might remember from last week's show, we asked for nicknames for the uh, the, the news format show for, for Sean's uh, apartment and for my condo. And um, it's almost a total failure on the part of 80s Nation to submit anything that's usable. What do you mean? Uh, I think the best of the bunch was, um, oh, like, oh, bitchin', bitchin' to the 80s or something. I like 80s news now. 80s news now? Yeah, I thought 80s news now was cool. Okay. Maybe Because it, it deals with the uh, then and, you know, then and now. It deals yeah. with 80s news now. <laughs> I don't know. I'm running out of steam. Yeah, dude. I know you are. I'm falling asleep. No, there are no um, no recommendations whatsoever for a new lair name, so I guess it's going to stay lair. However, lots of people have chimed in with new uh, names for my new apartment. Yeah. Uh, some of them are just uh, strictly uh, dirty, like uh, Balbo Baggins says it should be called the Love Sack. <laughs> <laughs> Casa de Phallus. House of Blues. That's kind of that's a little sad, I think. Yeah. <laughs> the Boombox, Thunderdome, <laughs> the Swamp. I don't get I that. Think, I think you were the Swamp. That one was for you because you're from Florida. That would make more sense. Uh, the Little Shop of Horrors. That's not very nice. Robin's Nest. Who said Robin's Nest? Because that's a reference to Magnum PI. Somebody's really been listening. Yeah. Well, that's cute. And then, of course, for um, <laughs> referencing uh, uh, my my girlfriend Sharona. There is Pee Wee's Playhouse. Can I stop you for a second? Yeah. Do you get extra bonus points every time you say girlfriend now on the podcast? What do you mean bonus points? You know, I mean, it's not really a point. Are you like, is there like some sort of contract now where she requires you to say girlfriend a certain number of times on the show? No, I'm trying to be. Do I get points if I say girlfriend in reference to her? Instead of uh, no, oh Lolita. Trust me, you get all the points in the world with you and your perfect relationship with Tina. I'm trying to do things right, Steve. You know, and I'm trying to provide exposition and a narrative structure to the podcast to help people enjoy it more. What the hell textbook are you quoting out of? Bill? Nothing. That's from my head. You know. Uh, anyway, uh, uh, in reference to Sharona, people say that my new apartment should be called Pee Wee's Playhouse. Yeah. And we might have a winner: Daily's Daycare. I love Daily's Daycare. <laughs> Let's wrap it up. Let's wrap up the show, Steve, on that big chortle. Once again, we've managed to turn a podcast about Charlie Sheen into a podcast about Sean Daly. Again, you know, proving say, my point that Sean Daly is the Charlie Sheen. I will take that designation gladly. For I defend Charlie Sheen now and then. <laughs> now and forever. And so I hope all our fans are super happy that they have a new theme show that they can cuddle up to and keep them wide awake. Enjoy it. <laughs> so along with Sean Daly's sarcasm, Charlie Sheen... And myself, we all remain here comfortably stuck in the 80s. Stuck in the 80s is produced by the St. Petersburg Times and TampaBay.com. Special thanks to Check Battery Daily for the music for the opening credits. Read our blog at TampaBay.com slash blogs slash 80s. And don't forget to subscribe to the show at iTunes.